there's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Welcome, welcome, welcome to F1 with DRS. I'm Dan Rather. I'm joined by Matt Collins, Charlie Curtis, and Jethro Bovingdon. I'd like to, clearly this is uh, a Christmas-themed episode. Whether or not the content will be Christmassy, <laughs> uh, I hope our wardrobes. Gave it away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'd also like to just sing a, ta- I always do this on Armchair, which is, it wouldn't be the holidays if I didn't sing uh, Elvis's Christmas song. Just a little bit. Let Just her in. a little bit. You ready? Okay. Are you familiar oh, that, with the was, Christmas? Album? I really hope they're going to keep going. You that were just getting into it. <laughs> that is my very favorite Christmas song to hear on the radio. Because I'm like, is he saying any of those words? <laughs> I'm not sure he got any of the words out. Like, if you hadn't heard this song before, I don't know if you'd know what he was saying. Can, no. can you do that in Toto style now, please? Can yeah. we, is this a request? So you opened a request. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I'll try to do uh, Toto. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> I don't even celebrate Christmas. It's ridiculous. What a waste of time we should be planning. Okay. Here comes Santa Claus. Here comes Santa Claus. Right down Santa Claus Lane. <laughs> Vixen and Rixen and Donald and Blitzen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rick and Randall, so Donald good. and Douglas. <laughs> that's so good. There's uh, no way that could have been a bet. As like, what team principal knows all the reindeers on uh, Rudolph's sleigh? <laughs> Toto's yeah. is zero. No, yeah, he's zero for zero. <laughs> you might know Rudolph. Maybe. Yeah, I like that reindeer. Oh, I enjoyed that greatly. That was brilliant. Thank you. Okay, so this episode is going to be uh, besides just Christmassy. Um, we're going to answer some questions that were submitted. And I believe, Matt, you got all these on TikTok? Uh, no, it was Instagram. We put it mm. out there, and there were uh, hundreds, hundreds, maybe even a thousand. Oh, my it God. It was very nice of all the listeners to give a lot of questions and great interaction. Yeah, and so what we chose to do is take on more of the personal questions mm-hmm. and say race-related questions. Yeah. For right or wrong, that's how it's going to be. But first, I'd love to hear everyone's Christmas plans. And maybe just an overall out of 10, 10 is you're so obsessed with Christmas Zero is, you think it's a ridiculous waste of time. Jethro in England, what do you think about Christmas? How into it are you? And what are your plans? Well, in the context of you guys, I'm around about a two. Um, <laughs> but in the context of an English person, I'm bouncing off the rev limiter on a 10, I think. <laughs> wow. I, uh, I love Christmas. I, I love Christmas. Weirdly, I love going to church on Christmas time. It's I mm. like the, the carol concert. All that stuff. I go to like a big cathedral. I went to a Catholic school when I was a kid. And so there's like generations of people that I can still go and see. So I'll go to I'll go to the Christmas Carol concert and they'll be like one of my best friend's mums will be there and she had like 13 kids because it was an Irish family. So loads of those will be there. There'll be 
Yeah. And I just love that whole community side of it. So yeah, I'm excited about it. I, I can't wait. I'm quite jealous of that, actually. I wonder if like I stayed in my town, if I could maybe get to experience that. Yeah, I'd love the notion of going and hearing Christmas carols or even the church and seeing like people I've seen my whole life. And the thing always used to be Christmas Eve, you'd go to the pub. So again, Christmas Eve, I generally go to the pub. Don't even need to go with anyone. You're going to bump into people you know. So and I, fun. yeah, I just think that's my favorite thing. Being in a packed pub with everyone pretty happy when it's freezing cold outside is the best thing ever. Yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. And obviously the family side of things and Jesus and stuff, great too. <laughs> yeah, we got <laughs> Nice way to throw all that in at the end. Uh, and my family and my children, Jeez. which I love, and uh, all my relatives, and I hope everyone's health and safety in the new year. Uh, <laughs> I got to say, for me, it was always the best drinking holiday ever. When I got sober, and I got sober in September, and so I was only, whatever, three or four months sober on the first Christmas, and we went up to Washington, and I literally... Every bar we'd pass, I'd just see the Christmas lights in the window. Yeah. And there's something about being in the bar drinking when the Christmas lights are up. Yeah. And you're right. I have all this, like, Michigan cold outside, warm inside. It's, it is yeah. – holiday was built for drinking, ironically. It really was. Yeah. For little baby Jesus' birthday. It's a it's kind of a crazy <laughs> outcome. But yeah. do you guys associate Christmas with oh, yeah. getting plastered? I used to have wild nights on Christmas Eve. Like, yeah. very illicit. Like, it was – Christmas mornings all through my 20s was a nightmare. Like Christmas morning, I was like, oh, God. Yeah. It's not good. I was like going to bed at like four, five, six, seven in the morning and then waking up and trying to do Christmas uh, with my family. I was with Aaron one Christmas Eve Eve and we went hard. And at some point, we were tackling each other in the snowy driveway. Again, went till five, six in the yeah. morning. Woke up and my mom was hosting Christmas Eve. And I didn't get up till like two or three in the afternoon. And there's pictures of me. I'm just, I am out of it so bad. I have a huge fat lip with blood, crusty blood all over it. And everyone's just like, what happened? I'm like, I, I'm not positive. I can't say for sure. I know Aaron and I wrestled at some point and there was a driveway, I think. But yeah, I just look like warmed over shit. Everyone's so cheery. I'm in like a fucking... Oh, yeah. this is a mess. Uh, but good times, good yeah. times, yeah. good times. Yeah, I guess before kids, I always stayed here in L.A. for Christmas. Mm -hmm. And not a lot of people do. Right. So, like, you just go out and it's kind of the same thing. It's like whatever ragtag group of people are still in town and you can, you know, it's it's fun here. It's not cold outside, but you still have that same vibe of, like, yeah. kind of a quiet city, but then there's a bunch of people packed into some little bar. Yeah. It's a good drinking holiday. And then, of course, the families. That's nice, oh, too, to have family. Family, family and, really. Yeah, yeah. Health, everyone's health. health. Jesus, yeah. Yeah. Good wishes for the new year. Oh. <laughs> Jethro, you'll be at the pub on Christmas Eve this year? I hope so. I'm, I've, I'm seeing a couple of really good old mates on the 22nd. So let's see how that goes. Because I never really drink anymore. So I drink a tiny bit at home. You know, if I'm out on a job, then we'll have like a couple of beers after we've wrapped up a shoot or whatever. But I'm not a big drinker in it. I'm just so busy with the kids and the family and all that stuff. I just don't get to do it. So I'm intrigued. I've always had an ability to... <laughs> I want to see Jethro plastered. That's I a mean, goal I've, of mine. I've always been quite a good binge drinker in a <laughs> true English style. So even if I... I'm pretty dry in my regular life. I'm, I can still normally manage a decent binge, but we'll see on the 22nd because one of the guys is one of those people like you, Dax, 
back in the day who doesn't have an off button. So he just never stops. And just when you're like, oh, things are winding down, he will ramp up the drinking to a huge degree. So, and he's, he's part of a big family. So we always bump into some of his brothers who are all real reprobates, great guys, but like, you know, it's going to get messy. So let's see how the 22nd goes and then I'll make a plan for Christmas Eve. Speaking as that previous member of my group, he has a lot of weight on his shoulders because yeah. right as the energy is starting to peter out around night, he's got to come up with a game plan that is so outlandish and probably bring some powders into the mix and just let's, we got to recommit. Power through. Yes. But the amazing thing about him, he's a university professor now. I won't out him on here, obviously, but he's like incredibly smart, unbelievable work ethic, always had that, but just this incredible capacity to consume various things like (laughs) just like you can't believe it's amazing it's it's truly a sight to behold that is interesting because a dude i went hardest with in college we were in an archaeology class together a bunch of anthro classes and he is now a tenured professor at ucla and he won the macarthur foundation the macarthur fellowship genius award and yeah i I thought for sure certainly one of us would have been dead by 30 and probably both of us so the fact that he ended up there uh, yeah never seemed to slow down it's so impressive One of my favorite things was going out with him with, I'd occasionally meet other groups of his friends from his like academic world and they had no real bearing for what he could do. So on his stag do, we went out to London, just went to, I mean, it was a long night and a long morning. It went on and on and on. And at one point this guy was like, do you think he's okay? Is he going to like die or something? And I was like, no, this is, this is fine. He's normal. (laughs) Just, just hold on a little bit longer. Get ready. I've had that same conversation on Aaron Weekly's behalf about 300,000 times. People yeah. boy me and say, like, that's fine that he's like that. He's sleeping on the, the hood of his car like that. And yeah, you know, he'll be great. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. He'll feel minutes. great. He'll yeah. feel better than all of us when he wakes up somehow, that bastard. <laughs> so, what will be a hard, what's a binge night for you, Jethro? Is that 10 pints? Is it 16? Do you do mixed drinks? I don't think I can drink that much anymore. So the three I'm going out with are all pretty good drinkers. So I suspect I'll get to seven or eight. And then I will be struggling and then I'll maybe have to switch to like something gin and tonic or something like that. Switch to gin and tonic. Wow. To, 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 yeah. to, to straighten out. To straighten out? <laughs> the land no, it's just the, it's the volume. Like the sheer volume of eight pints of beer in it's short like, succession. Yeah, is, heavy. It's a lot, isn't it? It's it's a lot to take in. Just have to really bring it home with a yeah. couple shots yeah. to mellow out. We got to get an eight ball so I can shut it down. Yeah. We got to yeah, shut this down. To, Let's get an eight ball so I can shut close it this down. out. <laughs> no, volume is the problem with pints. But yeah, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to that. I haven't seen him in ages, so that's going to be a big one. That's wonderful. And then no, no traveling. You're staying in. I'm trying to stay in England and UK for the whole of December, yeah. And then we'll have all the kids and everyone Christmas Day afternoon. So we should have, a, I hope, a pretty good house full. What's your child Father Christmas situation? That's, when did you tell them or do you not tell them... Oh, yeah. This People were so mad about this publicly because I think we both have talked about it. So we initially started with Lincoln. If you have kids in the car, pause it. When she was very young, I bet three or four, we were like, okay, so here's the situation. There's a jolly gentleman by the name of Santa Claus. He's going to come through the chimney, blah, 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 and he's going to leave all these presents. And she had some initial pushback, like, well, hold on. How's he going to fit down the chimney? And then I'm like, well, he can kind of like, war, you know, so then, then line number two comes immediately. And then how does he get here? And then it was going on for 
like the whole week after I explained it to her, she kept <laughs> finding holes in this. And each time I had to come up with another lie. And I just swear to God, after like six days of lie on top of lie, I was like, I don't like this. This mm-hmm. is like the best part of her personality is she's calling bullshit on something that doesn't make sense. And I'm just telling her to you're ignore. Her. Yes, you're yeah. literally, I mean, not to be so dramatic, <laughs> but yeah, you're totally guessing. And I was like, I'm shutting down the thing I want to be sharpest in her, yeah. which is if this doesn't feel right or seem right, I want you to say something. And then of course I want to help get to the truth of it. So after a week of it, it was, she hit me with a question. I'm like, you're right. And you're so right to be right. It's preposterous. It's a fun game. We grew up with it, but I don't think we're going to pass on to you. So she had maybe a week of, but she never bought fully in any ways. And then of course, Delta was in the wake of her. And so we never did it with Lincoln. Of course, we never did it with Delta, but I am here to say that it is exactly the same amount of fun even if there's not a magic guy coming from the North Pole. Like, they love Christmas as much as I did as a kid. Uh, It's every bit as fun. It's about having time off and being with your family and exchanging presents. That guy who we never see is not as big of a part of the experience as I would have guessed. I see that. I never even had Christmas until I was 13. So I didn't change it, and now it's more magical than ever. And what about the boys? They believe in old St. Nick? Um, Ace doesn't, but he doesn't want to ruin it for his brother. So he kind of goes along with it. Um, I do want to be clear about that. The rule in our house is like, we're going to tell you the truth, but you're not to say this at school and you're not to tell the Hanson children or any other kids. It's not a big focus for us. Like we do that stupid elf thing. That's even worse for me. Oh God, it's insane. Do you know Elf on the Shelf, Jethro? It's a thing that's sort of coming over here, but that just seems really, I don't get that at all. Have you guys seen Bad Elf on a Shelf? Oh no, maybe I'm Go down a rabbit hole on Instagram. People are like, you'll find like the elf having a gangbang with Barbies. You'll have like him doing illicit drugs in the bathroom. People go like all out. An aluminum foil pipe hanging out of his mouth. It's actually hilarious. do that for fun because they like seeing it. Yeah. And like this morning, Erica's gone. So last night I unwrapped some Hershey's Kisses and sat him in a cup with one on the bottom like he took a dump in there. A dump in there and folded and rolled up, made a toilet paper roll. But they like, Ace knows that I did that, and he just yeah. thinks it's fun to, like, see what things are out. Now, here's the most, the darkest, sinister, nefarious part of Elf on the Shelf. If you don't know the lore well, Jethro, if the kid touches the Elf on the Shelf, that night the Elf returns to the North Pole, and he's never allowed to come back. So you basically <laughs> kill— Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Have you read the book? Yeah. So the elf basically is telling on you for the month of December, right? Reporting back nightly how you've behaved. And if you touch the elf, it's gone. So basically, it's so, it's the part of Christianity. I love many, many parts of Christianity. Many of my friends are Christian and it's doing a great service in their life. This is one of the things I cannot stand is this notion of like original sin that we should all feel guilty just a little bit and be afraid to go to hell. The notion that you're putting this cute little toy in front of little tiny people and saying, if you touch it, you kill it. That's in, that's so masochistic. <laughs> like why? And it, and it just works in perfect lockstep with all the other stuff. It's almost like a primer. It's like, we're going to tempt you so much. And when you do, it would be so natural for anything. You need to feel guilty and terrible about yourself because this elf is now dead. What kind of fucking game is this? I think ours touched the elf. But I did see a great one on the last night. Someone took a mini Santa hat and a bunch of chicken bones and made a skeleton. <laughs> and and laid it flat. And it and it's in the note from Santa Claus, it said like, 
oh, the elf was great, washed him down with some milk. And that was the, <laughs> that was the final. Okay, I thought you were going another way. I thought the people were going to do that response to the kids had touched the elf. And then oh, the next no, day yeah. it was a bunch of bones. And it like just double down on it. No, Santa just went to town on the elf. That was, that was Santa's a carnivorous yep. elf eater. Oh, that's great. Yep. Uh, anyone traveling? You going anywhere, Matt? I'm going to Chicago. Oh, uh, right to be with Yeah, over family. the holidays. But we're doing Christmas. We've never done Christmas, just the two of us. Mm. So Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, we're doing it. I, my family tradition was a cheese fondue Christmas Eve. So I'll be doing that. Uh, it's my favorite part about Christmas. And then I make like uh, this German apple puff pancake thing in the morning. Ooh. Um, and then we're just going to hang out, the two of us. I'm so excited. That's lovely. Yeah. Okay, let's yeah. get into some audience-generated questions. Maybe as a kind of a round robin, everyone was asked to pick some of the questions they wanted to answer. Yeah. So, um, uh, Jethro, what was the first question that you wanted to answer that was audience generated? I think it was the one, why is Jethro quicker than Dax <laughs> somehow? Oh, I'm glad you're going to tackle this question because I want to see how um, thorough and honest you are about that question. Because even the way it was phrased is inaccurate. So go ahead, tackle it. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I just wanted to say that question out loud. I'm done. How's <laughs> it? This is more of a statement than a question, right? <laughs> I implore anyone who's got the any private detectives out there that think they can find Top Gear seasons one or two, I implore you to take a look at it and just see it was a pretty even affair. I just went through the list of questions and answered several. I didn't really think to choose my own group. So I chose what's the craziest thing I've ever seen in F1. Let's hear that. Okay. So this thing is actually come back around again in the news. There's probably two actually. The first one would be the start of Belgium Grand Prix 1998 when after the first corner it was wet as usual in Spa and there was a 13 car pile up at the start of the race. Like it was just amazing. So Did they, someone weird win that race because of that? Yeah, so there was a 13-car pileup. They stopped the race, obviously. They started again an hour later with, obviously, a lot less cars. They did fix some. It was back in the day when they had T cars as well, so you had spare cars, etc. Then Schumacher was running away with it, as is often the case. He's amazing in the rain. But Coulthard in front of him in the McLaren, who was being lapped, slowed down to let him pass, but stayed on the racing line. And Schumacher just piled into the back of him round the corner because he couldn't see him. There was so much spray. Oh. So then Schumacher and goes back to his garage and tries to have a fight with David Coulthard in the McLaren garage. It's this whole scene. And then Jordan, who've never won a race before or since, I don't think. I remember they won one after, but they, they scored a 1-2 um, in, in the race. So it was, it was an amazing race. It was the whole event. But the crash is, I would urge you to go and look it up because it is something quite special. That pops up on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It's, a, it's a classic. Yeah, it is just a yard sale immediately. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, oh my God, it's insane. <laughs> um, but the, probably the most or more recent that was something to watch was Lewis winning his first title in 2008. So this was at Brazil. He was in a close battle with Ferrari's Felipe Massa, Brazilian, obviously a huge home favorite. Um, he had a five-point lead going into the final race. And so basically Hamilton just had to be fifth to win. But Massa got pole position. Hamilton was fourth. It was wet. So it was pretty mixed up. For quite a while, Massa led easily, just drove off into the distance. Hamilton was in fourth or fifth. So it was fine. But then it dried out. Everything was static. Then it rained again on lap 63 of 71. Everyone came into the pits except Timo Glock in a Toyota at the time. 
So he stayed out and he jumped up to fourth ahead of Hamilton. Ooh. Um, then, so there's only a few laps to go. Then Vettel, Vettel overtook Hamilton. So he was down in sixth. So he was no longer going to win the championship. This is with three laps to go. So Massa's being told on the radio, Hamilton's in sixth. You're done. You're going to be world champion. He comes across the line as world champion. Hamilton doesn't cross the line for another 39 seconds. But in that 39 seconds, manages to overtake Timo Glock to come fifth. So Massa thinks he's the world champion. The crowd are going insane because it's in Brazil. He's a Brazilian. The garage, everyone's jumping up. He's down. His family are crying. The TV guys have almost missed that Hamilton has managed to overtake Timo Glock at the end. So the whole world Mm. thinks Massa is the world champion. And then suddenly there's this realization that he's not. And it's just such, and watching the emotions in that garage, because they focused on the family, they're all jumping around crying. And then I think it's his dad realizes and he's like trying to calm them all down. Suddenly everyone's devastating, angry. One of the Ferrari mechanics walks in front of the camera to one of the big sort of Ferrari lights, I guess, displays and headbutts it and smashes oh, oh. this thing wow. <laughs> with his helmet on. And it's just, I mean... Yeah, so Massa was the guy who felt like he was world champion for about 45 seconds and then realized he wasn't anymore. And now he's launched a a lawsuit, a a challenge, because it's the same season as when PK crashed deliberately in that race to allow Alonso to win, but it also screwed Massa. So Massa would have finished up further ahead, which would have given him a bigger points advantage. And it would have changed the course of that world championship. So he's trying to sue them sort of retrospectively because he's saying uh, that the FIA actually knew before they said that this crash gate thing had happened. So he's trying to come back. But anyway, it's, it's, it was an amazing moment. Do we think that's ever a good look? I mean, I'm trying to evaluate whether I would go down this path or not. Personally, so what? He sues them and they say, okay, cool. Yeah, you win. Then, then what? Do you feel, is that a good look for you? Yeah, I don't know. Is that so your name will be in a history book? Is that so you can walk around and go on a chance? I don't know I, that I, that's a win for me. I know. I don't like it. I, yeah, I think I think it's a kind of a bad look. Yeah. E- even though he's probably rightly very screwed and that's yeah. super unfortunate. Yeah, I just don't think you can rewrite history two decades ago. Overturning one thing, then, well, there might be another time that well, someone let someone buy. And there might be, you know, you could unturn mm-hmm. all of these stones. Back to Beckham. All roads lead back to Beckham. Yeah. In retrospect, that f- foul he got kicked out of the game yeah. with, you know, should he sue? And then yeah. they would have won because we know percentage-wise he makes those, you know, what do we, Yeah, yeah, what do we do? There's just too many ifs, especially in racing. Like, I don't know. I think There's it's kind of a many. given of sport that you're yep. going to have to swallow some really shitty calls. That's just yep. the expectation. Yep. Oh, that sounds thrilling. Those sound like two moments I want to rewatch if you can figure out how. Yeah, I was thinking I'd want to win my first championship that way too. Like, let someone else get a good minute of celebration. <laughs> You're in. so evil, Charlie. Yeah, just Charlie, really evil. Such people don't evil know. Man. Or maybe they know. Oh, but imagine they're <laughs> all cheering, and it's just like, oh, you guys don't even know. He wants Merry to, Christmas. He wants to be the breaker of hearts, and he he'll do that in any way. You know, he's open to it happening. I'm open. Yeah, yeah I'm I'm very open. <laughs> be his devastating looks or his his unethical behavior. Either works. I'm open. Okay, uh, Matt. What question do you want to answer? So this was asked. Countless times and throughout the season, are we going to do the 24 hours of lemons? And it's like, I think about it weekly, the 24 hours of lemons, especially after we just did the racing the other time, like the other day together. Um, I want it to happen. But we have also said that we don't know all the hacks, like the hacks of what 
type of car? What kind of things can you do? So the ways to cheat, the ways to cheat yeah. in the right way. Um, Rob, what is our email address again that people can send stuff to? Hello at F1.com. Yeah. If you know these things, please send us an email and I'm going to look it through because I want to make it happen next year. It's in December. That's a lot of time to plan for. I think the way you cheat is you just go into it knowing that someone will buy your expensive car for 500 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it is a tightrope because you don't want to go in there with a brand new Corvette and win and everyone hates your guts. Like that, that also is not. No, but if you went in, you know, if everyone really is spending 500 bucks or whatever. And you go in and you've got like 7,500 bucks into it. Yeah. Like a shitty, like nothing crazy. You're not bringing in a $100,000 car. Right. But you're bringing in like a $5,000 car. That's got to be a considerable advantage. Well, right. We just got to figure out where that line is. Yes. Where it's like you're kind of a dick, but yeah. you're not an egregious asshole. Yeah. I want to go really quick back to the rain race you were talking about. It just crossed my mind while you were saying it. That I think a great proposal for F1 would be on these races that happened once in a while. It happened at Imola last year. That got rained out. That right? rained out. Yeah. yeah. In those cases, I think the cars should come in the garage, and I think there should be 20 bone stock AMG station wagons, Mm. and that everyone has to give us a race, but it is a, it's all in equal four-wheel drive Mercedes wagons. They used to do this. They used to do this. Really? Because when you were saying they had backup cars, like, why not just have a backup fucking, you know, full rain vehicle? They didn't quite do it like that. However, they did do a series. Do you remember the BMW M1? Yeah, yeah. It's like the mid-engine, BMW once made like a mid-engine supercar thing. The most beautiful car up against It's gorgeous, but they did a a race car version called the Pro Car, which is really awesome. And the idea was there were, however many were that, 16, 18, 20, whatever, identical BMW Pro Cars. And before the Grand Prix, all of the drivers would race Ah. in these pro cars before the race. So they had them at Monaco. They had them at various different places. I can't remember who won the championship. I should look that up. So there was that, which was spectacular, and they should bring it back. And then for one time only um, at the Nürburgring, I think when it first opened, the new Nürburgring, they did a race in Mercedes 190E 2.5 Cosworth things with Lauda and all these guys. And Senna was invited to drive. I think it was before he'd even done F1 or it was like an early year of F1 for him, first season maybe. And he beat everyone. He beat all the world champions. Oh, wow. And, and drove off into the distance. And they were like standard road-going saloon cars, effectively, that they were racing. But I agree. They, there should be some sort of total level the playing field and let them go at it. Yeah, you're not even allowed to tweak anything. Like, every setting set, they're all identical, and you let them, let them go out and give us a race yeah. in the rain. It'd be better than the regular race. It'd be better it, than calling be. off the race, yeah. for sure. In the same thing, I saw a post this week that looked really cool. Like, we were talking about how, like, young drivers never get the chance to to do much, like the reserve drivers. Oh, right, yeah. And they were saying, like, why doesn't the day after the final race of the year, like Abu Dhabi, the Monday, it should be all the reserve drivers having a race, which would be so great to watch. Yeah. I mean, I wonder why they would be against it. The car, it doesn't really matter if it breaks, yeah, they I suppose. Yeah, just throw the whole thing out. Yeah. <laughs> Who cares? Uh, okay. I, boy, there's a bunch of tasty ones I want to sink my teeth into. One, let me just do this because I, I, it is owed. Challenge Dax to say three nice things about Lewis. <laughs> that was on my list. <laughs> <laughs> this is easy. I mean, he's gorgeous. Yep. He's absolutely gorgeous. And in keeping with all these drivers, he's like six times more gorgeous than he was as a rookie. It's amazing how that happens. When you watch him in the Braun dock, you're like, that is not a sex machine. And this current version is a model. Yeah. And it seems to be the standard. 
Yes. No one's getting worse. Looking. Every year he's yeah. getting better looking. But all the drivers seem to just, it's crazy. I got to say, though, I, I think I have gotten better looking as well. I look at pictures of me in my 20s. I'm like, whew, okay, that was rough. Oh. You, I'm shocked you got any action. Um, a little bit proud of you because you, you had your work cut out for you. That's what I think. <laughs> I need to take up racing, I suppose. <laughs> okay, so... Well, I did. Maybe that's, that's what I'm why. saying. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a common thread here. I need to take up. Uh, so uh, he's absolutely gorgeous. Um, his style is impeccable. It's so creative and fun and awesome. And then he is an insane driver. You could make a very credible argument that he was the best of all time. Mm-hmm. It's not my personal opinion, but he, I, I definitely think he <laughs> you is. You won't make that argument, but one could make that argument. One, one could. could. It wouldn't be me, but... Yeah. Uh, Let's even say you might win the argument with me, okay? Yeah. Uh, I guess time is going to tell where Max lands in yeah. all this. But, uh, but yeah, you're talking about he, Schumacher, and Senna, I guess. Or there's other. I'm, not, I'm too new to the sport to say definitively, but, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, he's, uh, he is a beast. And it's really fun seeing some of this older footage in that Braun doc and other things to see how absolute. He was Max. As much as he hates Max, it makes sense. I mean, he just... He was getting by whether he had the car or not. Stay tuned for more F1 with DRS. Okay, but the one thing I wanted to uh, talk about that was a big time brag was what drivers could we be if Mm. we got to pick the vehicle? Mm. Yes, that was a great one. That's a great question, and this will be totally cocky and arrogant, but I'm going to say it with a thousand percent conviction. I could beat every single one of those drivers on a motorcycle by a lot. Mm. <laughs> I guarantee you. We go to the track on equal R1s or any bike you want, and I certain— Didn't one of them— Lewis rides. Yeah. Yeah. Is he the one that switched with? With Valentino. Valentino. Mm-hmm. Who came in second this weekend, Jethro? Did you see that? Oh, did he? No, I didn't see that. Yeah, Valley got second in uh, 12 oh, hours or something. So motorcycles, I would bet my house against anyone else's house on the grid. I'm going to say none. Okay. Even like, because okay. if I were either of you, you guys at least have many, many hours in the dunes in a razor. Do you yeah. think you could beat them in an off-road situation. I rolled one over the last yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> um, they, uh, a lot of them seem to go on these dune trips when they're in, you know, Qatar. Yeah. And that's probably our time on the dunes is is equal. Okay. Yeah. Um, maybe, a, maybe a skateboard, if we can count that as a vehicle. Football? <laughs> a football vehicle? A football vehicle, yeah. Uh, golf cart? Yeah, maybe a golf cart, you know? <laughs> Mm. I got nothing. Jethro, do you think you could beat some of these guys, let's say, in a rally? Like, no one's done it. You get in, maybe rally? I don't know. They're good, aren't they? Yeah. I reckon I could <laughs> I reckon yeah, I could, I could. beat them in a drift car. Yeah. I reckon. Yeah. I reckon I could beat them in a drift car. I mean, I've never driven a drift car, but I don't think that would stop me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I know Matt's answer. I know what it should be. Well, okay. I'd love to hear this in a second. Well, I know I beat Max's, like... On sim, they they give like each driver's lap time on a certain track, mm-hmm. and I sometimes it's taken me six hours, but I've beaten every driver's lap time on a track. There you go. But what I w- think I could beat them in is a 1998 four door Mazda Protege in the snow. That was my mom's car, and mm-hmm. I would take it in my hometown, which was all snow, and I would e brake that around corners, and Same. I nailed that down. Mine was my mom's Geo Prism, oh, and it had a yeah. fucking handbrake. Oh. And I just, 
It was always up. I drove yeah. everywhere I went, completely sideways the whole winter. So fun. Yeah. And <sighs> the best part of that is like on snow. That was one of our funnest days on Top Gear, by the way, is going to that Michelin snow track in Colorado. Fuck, yeah. was that fun. But the best thing about the e-brake, when you got good at it, is like you're coming up to a turn, you initiate so much earlier than yeah. anyone would expect. And then you've got some backslide and then just learning to clip that yeah. perfectly is, oh. Oh, it makes it's the me funnest want to driving, do it. It, it is the funnest driving. And then, yeah. you know, like, kind of hit a curb or do whatever, and there's a the lot ditch. of snow, and yeah. you might get stuck, but you're fine. And then also, even if you had to explain it to your parents, you'd be like, it was really icy that day, and you had I a lost control excuse. of the car. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What question are you going to answer, Charlie? Well, this one I just wanted to address because it seemed funny to me. Does, does Matt still have his tattoo? Mm. Which, by I nature do. of the question, is right there. We've never been on videos <laughs> yes. that I've shown it. That horrible yeah. black right there yeah. is the Toto tattoo. It is not covered up. I originally said I would. I don't think I can ever cover it up now. Why would you? It's Why there. You? It's a yeah. great story. No reason to. I know. Um, but being that this was the the season ender, we had a question about the origin of the podcast. Mm. Oh, okay. Which I think is is fun and a funny story. Yeah. Fun for you guys. I was like, uh, <laughs> I was the last minute super sub. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we've watched kind of the same routine for a couple of years. We go watch bits and pieces throughout the weekend, but we always watch and order food and watch it in your theater on Sundays. Yeah. And one Sunday, all the recording gear was down there. Mm-hmm. And we're like, let's chat about this after. So we sat down there, recorded a whole hour and a half of- With our most beloved friend, Eric. With mm-hmm. Eric, yeah. Who had been sleeping three quarters of the race. <laughs> yep. I think we got a text from Dax. I think I was- punching in his code to get into his house. And he was like, by the way, we're going to record something. I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. They're just down there. <laughs> All we're right. Like, Let's see what, what <laughs> happened. So we get through this whole thing and it must have been later Sunday night and get a text that nothing recorded. We, we hadn't. <laughs> and no, I think a minute and 20 seconds maybe, right? And so we had, and it was, it felt good. We were like, it's kind of fun. This is yes, great. It yes, was, yes. and nothing had been recorded. No. So then it was like, I don't know if we even do it again. I'm I want to add a little bit of context, which is I had been thinking for now two seasons, I'd like to have a Formula One podcast. And I kept just putting off. And then that was the first race of the year. Yeah. So I was like, if we don't record now, we have missed it yet another season. So it was also last minute. And then I went up to edit it on the Sunday after you guys left. And there was nothing there. And I wanted it to come out on Tuesday or something. Yep. Okay. And so then your text after that were kind of Along the lines of like, I, we're just not going to do it. Like, it's kind of, that that was the shot. We had it all set up. We, we didn't get it. It's not meant to be. But, perfectly enough, Jethro was going to be in town that Monday or the two, next the day. Next day. he was there, yeah. Um, happened to be in town. And so that was the saving grace because that was reason enough to like, let's redo it. If you weren't there, I don't, th- I think it would have just been like, we tried, we missed the window again. Yep. But you being there was this weird signal that it should be tried again. I just landed and there was no reason for you to even know Maybe we'd been in text about something else, but you text me and were like, are you by any chance in LA tomorrow? And I was like, yeah, I landed like two hours ago and I'm not doing a job until the day after. Um, so yeah, that was my intro to it was just this random text. And then I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'll come over tomorrow. Yeah, I'll swing by and school everyone. On uh-huh. That was my first time meeting Jethro. Uh-huh. Yeah. That day. And how much have we come to love oh, Jethro? just the best humor. Yeah. <laughs> well, now will be the time because I was going to save it to the end, but I will say I just wanted to thank all, well, first of all, I want to thank everyone who listens to the podcast. Um, whether our information is flawed or not, we appear to be the number one 
Formula One podcast in America on Spotify and the number two globally. That's hard to believe, but we're so incredibly <laughs> grateful for it. And um, so, so many thanks to all the people that listen to this. Um, but just individually, I'd like to say, Matt, I just, I appreciate so much all the endless research you've done this whole year. You've bought so many weird trinkets for us. You introduced <laughs> us to Anita Driver. You were like on it, on it, on it. Uh, and you drive so much of the show. So thank, thank you. you. And then Charlie, you edit the show, which I cannot thank you enough. It started with me editing. Then we were doing every other one. And then you just took over. And that is the most enormous load off my plate. And I'm so grateful for it. And then Jethro, you know, effortlessly charming and knowledgeable. Uh, I just can't imagine having done this now without you. So incredible job, all three of you guys this year. And yeah. so much fun was happening. And likewise, thanks for thank holding you. it all together mm -hmm. and directing the shift. This has been a fun. And Rob. And Rob, yeah. And, and thank you, Dax, for not always providing endless endless entertainment on the way to Spotify when I am in America. I always enjoy either being in the car with you or following you when you nearly crash, etc. It's a joyous experience. You'll, but you won't see it, you know. It'll look like it a lot, but you're just not going to witness it in your lifetime. <laughs> okay, there's more more fun questions. Who do we think would win in a fistfight between Toto and Yos? It was rumored that Toto would fight Zach Brown, but now that someone's introducing Yost, which I think is a much more exciting opponent for Toto. I take Yost yeah. 10 out of 10 times. Yeah. Wow. Me too. 100%. Me, me too. Not even a chance. Yeah. All three of you. Yeah, he wouldn't play by the rules. I think I think Toto would be talking about the rules as he's being like bitten <laughs> and scratched and hit over the head with wood by Yost. He'd be calling the FIA to complain about something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. I think Yost would go in for the handshake and then knock him out immediately. Like yeah. there wouldn't even be a handshake. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> He, Toto would turn to go to his corner and he'd hear a car starting. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yo's T-Bone versus Stappen in the red trunks. Oh, now God. getting in a late model Mazda. <laughs> I actually think Toto would win because he has the reach. And if he could just last 30 seconds. Mm. Against Yost. Yost has been pound. Look, I, I'm, this is, I'll be liable saying this. It appears from some of the broken blood vessels that there's a lot of drinking going on. I just think the the yes, the ferocity will be there, uh, the the aggression will be there. Now, will the stamina be there after 30 seconds? And I just don't think it's going to be. I there. think this goes back to the Tyson statement, where everyone has a game plan until they get hit in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and Toto on paper, yeah. should win. Uh, yeah, he's but, the holy field of this fight, and he's Tyson. Yos is yeah. Tyson. He's at least getting his ear chewed off, for sure. Yeah. He might win the fight in the parking lot after yes. the match. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was a good one. What team would we want to see Max switch to at some point? I hope it's like a lower team that's not doing well. I want to see him in a car that the previous year was in the bottom three mm -hmm. and go in and they're like, you know, they're going to pay him way more. They're going to build their whole team around him and watch him take a really shitty team and win a championship with that. So they kind of just remove some questions about like... But how low do you think you could go? Like, obviously, Williams can't, Max can't win in a Williams and he can't win in a Haas. And he 
can't win in an alpha. But maybe he goes in and the team goes around him and maybe it takes like two years. Maybe the first year he's just midfield and then they can continue to build the car around him. But like, it would be cool to see that progression for like, it would be a couple year, maybe three year stint. Yeah. But it would be fun to watch. I think I would pick, and I don't know why, because I, I have complicated feelings about Ferrari. One is that, you know, they receive all this legacy money. I feel like they have a lot of good luck on their side already and they're not utilizing their talent well but i will say just for the story of max's true place in history i do love that schumacher went to that team and they sucked and he built it and then he was unstoppable so it, it's kind of ripe mm. for max to go to ferrari and and win four or five championships for ferrari to kind of have that same illustrious legend that schumacher has yeah, I had Ferrari as well. You couldn't have more different cultures than Ferrari and Max. And I'd love to mm -hmm. see just that straightforward, completely apolitical, just says it how it is, how that would go down with Ferrari, with the Italian media, with all the mystique around <laughs> the brand and the racing history. And I think it would be great. It would be like Nicky Lauda going in there back in the day. I think it'd be really cool. Yeah, because he'd be telling them this sucks and they don't like yeah, hearing exactly. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd say Haas. I want to see just how much it matters. You know, they're they're at the bottom. We know what they've been able to do with decent drivers. Yeah. But I want to see how big of a difference it makes. Like, could he win a race? Could he podium? Could he only get to the top five? You know, I want to see what, what difference it actually makes. I want it to be a challenge, but of course I still want him to win. Right. Ultimately. Yeah, I don't care if he wins or not. I got one. Which team would we want to drive for? Oh, okay, Greg. I would pick Mercedes. Yeah. You have to. Yeah, you have to. <laughs> Uh, I like the structure. I like the, just the look of everything. They're all in like business shirts, like those white dress shirts as their attire. Yeah. And yeah, everything is like kind of dark. It seems like a, you know, like Darth Vader's lair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like it. Yeah, Death Starry. Uh-huh. Seems like everyone's having a good enough time. Like it doesn't seem like the culture sucks and is dark. No, but Toto's just like the vibe, I like the look of it. Yeah. Aesthetically, they're the best team for sure. Yeah. Matt. I'd pick whatever the new Alphatari is going to be because it looks like they might have a cool design and livery and also the pressure is not really there as much ah, that's smart it's like you could do really good and if you get fifth place people are losing their minds but if yeah. you get last no pressure no one's me. really thinking you're a horrible driver yeah who would you want to drive through jethro i would take red bull for the exact opposite reason that i would like <laughs> to see <laughs> it wouldn't it be cool to be put under that level of pressure just once in your life yeah. to be like see how much the driver really matters th yet this whole thing is around you and you are the sharp end of this like whole operation and you have to see if you can handle it that would that would i think be really cool i'd love to watch you have a checko moment too and you just like disintegrate <laughs> oh i'm sure it's i would so I'd, I'd fold like a fucking cardboard box on a rainy day but i would still love to do it you'd give us one spectacular crash yeah though. yeah <laughs> But how could you not want to, like, they are, at the moment, absolutely peak. And it's so rare to ever get an opportunity to be involved with something like that. To touch greatness, yeah. I'm going another direction, which is, I think you guys are mostly thinking about what happens on the track, and I'm not. I'm, I'm thinking a lot more about, you go to all these different cities around the world, and while you're there, you have to drive the team car. So, like, Lewis mm. and George have to be in Mercedes wherever they're at, which is great. So, I think... You know, I might have picked Mercedes for that reason, but you've already picked it. But that's a great option. The great cars. I also think their lodging and their accommodations are got to be. Mm -hmm. Everything's first class. Yeah. Top notch. Top of the heap. But for me, since Mercedes is, is taken, I mean, the notion that everywhere I land in the world, there's a brand new Ferrari mm -hmm. waiting for me to drive around. 
arriving to the track. Like, what an advantage you have over the rest of the teams. Like, everyone's pulling in in these weird cars and transit vans and this and, and that. And they get cappuccinos. Uh, yes. Cappuccinos and the pasta when you're there. And you're rolling in in, oh. the, you know, any number of these new incredible yeah. cars. Uh, you know, the, the McLaren boys have it good, but they don't have the variety that minimally Ferrari has. They, you know, they got some front engine rear seat cars. Well, Lando's been driving around in an old Lamborghini. Have you seen? The, Mur- the Mira, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's gorgeous. gorgeous. Yeah. yeah, it's gorgeous. It's pretty cool that he does that. Also, that new uh, Aston Martin supercar is pretty crazy, too. Yeah. And Max was driving in it, right? Max was like speeding down the highway in it. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, he was like, they was like, they took the speedometer and people were losing it because they was going well over the speed limit. And they were like, he's going to get in trouble. Oh, he was in England, not yeah. on Autobahn. Okay. Well, um, here's a fun one. Um, <laughs> if you had to live with a driver for a year, who would be first and last pick? Start with you, Jethro. I went with Lewis as someone to live with. And the reason why, similar to what I said to the Red Bull thing, like, I think it'd be fascinating to be around someone who's achieved that level of greatness would be cool. Secondly, he's old enough that he won't be a dick anymore. Ah, you know? Mm, nah. Do you know, you know, I don't want to live with a 22-year-old. Mm. It's an, I mean, it's annoying enough living with my 16-year-old son, you know? I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't need. Um, and I think he'd have great parties and you'd meet a lot more interesting people than a lot of the other drivers. Max, for example, who all you'd do is play fucking sim racing with for the entire time. So, yeah, I think Lewis would be the guy for a year. And last, I put Yuki. Because of the gas? <laughs> I love Yuki, but yeah, there's the gas and the untidiness would kill me, I, I think. I have the exact it's too, it's too much. Too. You do? <laughs> you do. For yeah. essentially the same reasons. I think Lewis will have a clean house. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and a gorgeous And one. a nice house. Yeah. He's old enough to like nice things. Yeah. Uh, I think Yuki is the opposite. He just does whatever. It's a mess, unkept. So the exact, for the same reason. He's a teenage boy. Yeah. 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 Matt? I'd pick first, I'd pick Veltri. I think his houses, like where he, he like beautiful lake houses, kind of not super pretentious, just really great, beautiful sceneries. I like to spin in a studio, but he likes to cycle. I could get into road biking and go around with him. And he seems like he'd be not like, he'd be sitting around. He wouldn't want to be talking or too much, but he'd be clean and he'd be a lot of fun. And when you do want to have some drinks, I think he'd be a lot of fun. I bet he goes out into the woods. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Considering you guys never want to shower or wash your hair, cleanliness is very high up the list yeah. of things that you look for. Well, my house, house is my house is very clean. And I think that's why Yuki was at the bottom. But I'll pick, I think the other person I wouldn't want to live with is, and I like him, is Carlos. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like Carlos over a long period of time, you might get really annoyed with him, maybe. Mm. You might have to deal with his temper in the kitchen one time. Yeah. Bumping into each other and he might explode. Yeah. It'd probably be annoying all the women cycling in and out uh, of there would just be like, come on. You have to decide whether it would be nice to hear so much moaning next to you or torturous. Mm -hmm. You got to make that decision whether that would be like, well, I get a free show every night. That's helpful. I try to get to my 20 a month. Every time you come in and out, there's another woman coming in and out. It's just going to be like. Torture. Torture. And then you're just worried that you're like, if I was living also with my wife at the time, you're just like. I don't need her to see him walking around the house with a shirt on all the time. I'm like, put your fucking shirt on, Carlos. Put your slacks on, sir. (laughs) Well, mine's pretty obvious. I would live with Ricardo. I've Uh vacationed with him and we're friends and he has a good style and he's a grown-up and he's got good manners and we could share vehicles, which would be fun. And then I probably just would not want to live with Alcon because he's French, right? (laughs) And he would hate me. He would just hate my guts 
because he's friends. But that could be really fun. You could really play up to that. I think you could make make it your mission to reinforce any stereotype about loud Americans he's ever had. It could be fantastic. The creative ways you could ruin his life. Pledge of allegiance every morning uh, in the <laughs> yeah, living room. Yeah, yeah make him yeah. come outside as I raise the flag. I salute you exactly. every morning. American <laughs> yeah. flag, everything. Coffee mug, oh, shirts, yeah. hats. Shop only at Costco. I mean, I do already, but oh, just yeah. everything's enormous size, which like, seems so stupid to them. Check out these Costco croissants. You're going to love them. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> all, I got 150 <laughs> of them. <laughs> now, this is a fun one, but you, I guess you kind of got to watch couples therapy to enjoy this but i'm i gotta reward the person who sent this question which is which teammate pair do you want to be on couples therapy with orna i think you can fill in the blanks couples therapy which two teammates do you think would be most thrilling to watch in couples therapy i've never seen the show okay so that one was over my head okay but couples therapy you can yeah. imagine all right, that one's a pass i think well i think i don't know i think what would be interesting is if it wasn't a tv show and we there were just like hidden cameras and it was totally against the law to be doing this. More like a big but brother. Like, they don't know anyone's watching, so they're really getting into it. And I think it would be Max and Checo to see like what's really going, how their interactions really are. Are they close? Are they not? Are they wild? Like is Checo so jealous of him? What's happening there? You're also on to something that what is best in this show often is when two people have like opposite personalities, mm-hmm. which those two so yeah. do. And it'd be really fun to see this Orna try to get Max to be emotional. Like how mm-hmm. on earth? And then what would that side of him be? I'm so curious. Yeah. And then of course, yeah, Checo is like on the opposite end of that spectrum, like hard on his sleeve, apparently, you know. Yeah. I think I'd like to see Carlos and Charles in there. They're both a little sensitive and emotional. Mm. They seem like they could get their feelings hurt by dumb little things. Yeah. Complaining about each other. You got to pick Lewis and George just because there's like an older, older man, younger woman scenario there. I was going to say Lewis and George because I haven't seen the show either because it's not on over here. But I like the idea of George just like the veil just being lifted and just this inner inner rage just coming out in a really forceful way. Maybe there'd be some slapping. And Yeah. yeah, I think that could be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, that would be nice. The most boring one would definitely be Lando and Piastri because Piastri is just not. That's a close. That's that's not up for. Or I was thinking even Danny and Yuki because they are just Playful. too fun and open. They're just too having fun, a good time yeah. anyway. They got nothing to no jet through. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't know. I think Magnuson and Hulkenberg might be the most boring. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just, might be like just an hour. Sitting. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no one's talking. No one's yeah. opening up. Yeah, I'd rather see like Gunter and uh, any of the team principals yeah. get involved. Okay, so those are the questions, and uh, they were so fun. Thank you so much for submitting those. And um, now we're going to, and I'm going to add this as a fourth nice thing I say about Lewis, because we're going to now commemorate this wonderful year. This is our last uh, episode of the year, and uh, I think we need to celebrate. Mm. And uh, we have right in front of us, uh, Charlie has procured Lewis Hamilton's alcohol-free spirit. Yeah. What is it? Explain it to us. Sell us this it's product. Almave. It's a blue agave spirit, which is what they make tequila out of. And mm-hmm. I think the process is virtually the same. It's just not distilled into tequila. It's not the first step before finding cocaine now. Mm. I don't believe so. <laughs> well, we're about to find out. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, 
<laughs> but other than you want to do the honors? I'm gonna. Sure. You're gonna have to Jethro uh, pretend. You know, pretend. Well, maybe I've pour got, a little I'll, one for him. Yeah. As a, uh, I've got a glass of water, so it's similar. Oh, wow. this is kind of exciting. I haven't had a shot of tequila in over 19 years. I do wish we had some um, cocaine-free cocaine. Jethro. Over some powdered yeah. sugar. Oh, thank yeah. you. I appreciate it. So, the interesting thing is it smells like tequila, which Cheers. I don't know if is a good thing or not. Cheers. But it does, oh, smell, it does like it. smell like tequila. It does. I did not expect that. Oh, wow. Does it have the burn? Oh. I think on the rocks might be a little nicer, right? <laughs> it, it's crazy how it smells like that. The silence. It's great for an audio format. Like, yeah, I'm going yeah. yeah. to prefer mezcal or tequila, but if I didn't drink... That's like our next segment. We're going to do a five-minute power nap. <laughs> so, I love that you're like, oh, well, it smells like tequila. And then you drink it and you just look at it, each other. With, wait, yeah, what if I stood up confused. and bolted out of the studio? <laughs> oh, shit. This is the wrong one. Because is... <laughs> I didn't make it home for Christmas. Yeah, Merry fucking Christmas. <laughs> Back to his old Christmas ways. It's curious. There's like, there's something reminiscent about it for sure. Yep. Yet it doesn't taste like tequila. So have you tried any of, you probably haven't tried any other non-alcoholic spirits. No. This one tastes the best. The oh. other ones taste a little bland. Like mm. this has a flavor. Yeah. But it doesn't have the bite of tequila, which then brings you back to what is tequila without? Is this, yeah, like, is it good enough that I want it on my own or on its own? This whole category is a little curious to me, and I'm sure people will enjoy it. And I hope they do. Um, but any beer for me makes a ton of sense. You like, you finish a job in the yard and you want a beer. You want a cold beer and you want to drink it for 10 minutes and relish in your accomplishment. Or while you're grilling, you want to have a beer that whole time. And the, and the beer is similar enough that it's clearly beer. It's not like you, if I pour Ted Seegers in a cup and I hand it to someone blindfolded, take a sip. What is this? This is beer. hundred percent. That's beer. what they're going to say. Yeah. If you give this glass to a hundred people, have them take a sip and say, what is this? I don't know that a high percentage of people say tequila. I do think that you're getting some tequila, but I, yeah, I don't agree. A hundred percent Ted Seegers is beer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's yeah. no way around it. This might be who knows what. And so much of liquor is that bite. It it's is. the bite. It's and the there burn. isn't that in beer. So this but, does not have it. But it does have an interesting flavor. Yeah. I had was. a glass with ice in the sauna. Ah. And it was kind of nice to sip on. Uh, yeah. But like. I guess that's what you'd have to. You'd have to eventize it in the way you do the beer. But again, like, because I never like chop wood and then think, oh, now I get a shot of tequila. That's yeah. never been my, uh, mm. my muscle memory. Yeah. I think if you smoked cigars uh. and you didn't drink. This would be on ice, that perfect thing to be smoking a cigar with and just kind of enjoying sips. That's a great... Because that's a moment where you think you want more liquor than beer. Yeah. And it's nice that it's not super sweet. Yeah. Like, it's not crazy sweet. It's not... Well not done, sweet. Lewis. I'm going to put this as a fourth positive in your category that you... Yeah. This is an it's interesting... beautiful bottle, unique, too. Unique. Yeah. And it comes with... I should have brought the whole box to unbox it, but it comes in a gorgeous package. I hope this free advertisement for your product, Lewis... Um, Allows you to forgive all the things I've said that were not positive about you. I hope he's just made enough inventory that when this comes out, he's able to fulfill all the orders yeah. from us. Yeah. Mm. They better uh, turn up the factory mm -hmm. to double time after this airs. <laughs> I think it's fun that it looks like tequila also. Yeah. Like you throw that on your bar cart or whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. nice. It's nice. nice. What did you think, Jethro? Did you like it? Um... No. <laughs> no, I'm with you. I, I, I think 
non-alcoholic beer can work. I like Ted Seegers. I love that when I'm at your place. But I, yeah, I don't really get a spirit that's not got alcohol in it. doesn't make sense. It's about the burn. Yeah, that's what it does. We need the burn. And the bite. Mm. Well, boys, it's been an incredible season. It's been so much fun. We've traveled around. We've enjoyed racing. We've chatted about it. We've met a bunch of F1Es, which has been fun. Uh, had a very memorable time of our life in Las Vegas. Yep. Uh, I don't know. That quality night for me is like in, in my top five days of the whole year. It was such a fun night. And um, again, just a million thanks to everybody who's checked us out this year. And uh, we adore you. And until next time, we encourage everyone to push, 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 push. 